Welcome back, folks. It's Chase and Josh with Factor Fantasy. That's Chase. I'm Josh. And we are here to bring you a standalone movie episode. We tend to do this at the end of all of our series coverages. We have to break it up with a one-shot movie. And this movie is one that came out very recently. Chase and I went to go watch it, and we decided that he was going to take the notes and run through it since I was the one to take the last standalone movie so we went to the theaters together we watched it and we've uh, got some thoughts on it and we're excited to share those here today but before we do all that i'm going to turn over to the floor to chase he's going to go through a quick uh, summary recap of all the events on screen and then we're going to discuss our initial thoughts reactions what we liked what we didn't like all that great stuff so before we go ahead and get started chase you want to say a few words yeah man definitely some uh controversy on this one and if you want to see a quick clip, go on our TikTok. A lot of people were asking Jay Nelly and I about our initial theater reaction. So you can actually see the moment we walked out of the theater. And uh, just a quick, quick run through. It's not going to be like the detailed today. So spoiler alert today, we're going to really get into it, but definitely going to have some controversy here. But yeah, cheers, Jay Nelly. Let's take it away. Another one shot, man. Yes, sir. Cheers, brother. Cheers. I'll let you go ahead and run through it. Again, this is Madam Web. Go ahead, brother. Take it away. Madam Web. So the movie starts out. We are in 1973, the Peruvian Amazon. And in the film, so there is a woman, a pregnant woman, and she's looking for these Peruvian spiders in the Amazon. And she's with this man, Ezekiel Sims. And she hears about these spiders that are used to cure diseases and all of a sudden the not all of a sudden you know i say that a lot but the pregnant woman the baby kicks and that's when you realize she's pregnant and they find the spider and ezekiel shoots all the other people all the workers they're with and holds the gun to the woman and in a struggle back and forth she tries to get the gun away from him and she gets shot and um and he shoots her and then a Peruvian native comes down from the trees, very Spider-Man-like here. You have all these Peruvian natives that are in, like, red paint and kind of like some webbing stuff and uh, go down to help her. And they uh, take her to this spring that's near, near them and let her get bit by this Peruvian spider. And she gives birth to a child in this spring here and uh the amazon native says her journey will not be easy but she will come back with answers and when she does i will be here for her and now we're moving into the future and there's a time uh time uh change here so we're going to 2003 new york and cassie webb is a paramedic and uh in the back of the pyramid in the back of the ambulance she's driving is actually uncle ben and a younger uncle ben i will say and um, they're driving this ambulance and going through the work day and eventually they get to this hospital and she encounters uh this family where this little boy gives her like a picture he drew and julia cornwall is with them and encounters cassie and cassie tells ben uh, as they're going throughout their day that she grew up in an orphanage and Ben tells Cassie that he's met someone and they begin 
playing with they're actually eating Chinese food and pulling out fortune cookies so kind of a ironic moment here and uh, she pulls out the fortune and like the one that she pulls out isn't actually complete and she says apparently I have no future uh, kind of ironic here and Cassie's going through some old photos of her mom and sees like her baby footprint on a postcard and she sees the journal of the spiders she was studying in the Amazon and then we have this moment this wild car accident moment <laughs> so and it's it's interesting I feel like the pacing of this movie could have been a little better we'll talk about that later but Cassie attempts to go rescue a man as they're in their work with Uncle Ben, who's trapped inside this car, and he's hanging upside down and stuck with the seatbelt. So she has to cut the seatbelt off. And as she's cutting the seatbelt loose, the man is able to get out of the car, but she falls inside the car, and the doors lock, and it plummets into the river or ocean below. And I want to get your thoughts on this. Cassie starts seeing visions underwater and wakes up and Ben is giving her CPR and the water comes out her mouth and she's seen all these visions underwater and just appears on the uh, bridge alive. What are your thoughts on this moment, Jay Nelly? I thought this was really funny. And one thing I did want to bring up as well is the indigenous people in the Peruvian Amazons, their name, their little group name was Las Arañas, which roughly translates to like the spider people. But in any way, I thought that that was pretty cool. <clears throat> but this was the first time in the movie. I remember it like so clearly when that happened and Cassie Webb was in that car that fell off the bridge and she hit the water and all of a sudden you see she goes in this weird trance-like state and there's quote-unquote webs all around her, but like spiritual webs and she's hearing voices and the like lights are shining from one, like connecting different webs to different spots and she's hearing voices. You and I looked at each other at the same exact time without any sort of planning and it both said simultaneously, what the fuck? Like it didn't make any sense. <laughs> I guess they're the best way I could put it is okay. Well, it was a near death experience, and so now it unlocked her powers because it was a near death experience. But just what it looked like on screen, and it was just so random. It just seemed like it came out of nowhere, where she was like falling and drowning, and all of a sudden she's in that seat in the car, and then all that starts happening with going into almost a different dimensional realm and having all these voices hearing it with the webs lighting up around her like the webs of time it was just that part was a little bit weird we both were we we weren't the biggest fans at that moment of what was going on we're just like this is this is silly so yeah that that was it from my perspective what was your perspective there in that moment it was what the fuck <laughs> I mean, like I mean even if that's gonna happen the odds of that awakening your powers are slim to none is what I would say so we're just gonna leave it up to fate that the water activated her spider power I guess is the idea but it was just really out of nowhere I think the biggest issue I also had was like the pacing in this moment you feel like you were just thrown into this moment like this is what does it like 
and and you know ironically the car just happens to fall right as she gets the guy out of there <laughs> she's still in and the doors lock like uh, whatever i mean yeah uh there's there's other problems i have too but we'll go into that later so ben is standing over here and says you need to see a real doctor and cassie begins slipping back to the same moment in time with ben saying are you okay you need to see a real doctor and it's not time slipping like how we talked with loki it's like she's seeing visions of the future and then the moment will happen and cassie's freaking out and decides to leave and just says you know i this was weird. She says, I just want to go home and watch Idol. I don't know how much American Idol paid them to say that line. Sure, whatever. And so uh, now we cut over to Ezekiel that we saw in the Amazon with the woman before. And Ezekiel is with his his partner, I guess. And they're seeing the opera. And then they go home and... He kisses his wife, and there's spiders outside these, like, vines where he's had these spiders. And Ezekiel has a dream of the three spider girls in suits attempting to kill him. And the suits were badass, though, I gotta say. Like, I thought they were really cool. Like, they had one that was red and blue, one that was black and white, one that was, like, a dark silver and black. It was really cool. Um, what do you think of like the suits of the Spider Girls? I thought the suits of the Spider Girls were, were interesting, and yeah, in that weird little type vision that he was having, and that's almost something that we were going to talk about probably later on in this uh, uh, this episode is just you know what happened. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, in terms of visually, I thought it was, it, it, they all had their unique take on some level of us. Spider Woman type ish deal, you know what I mean? I, 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 they they looked cool. They were interesting, aesthetically pleasing in terms of how they like were unique and kind of fit each of the girls the way that they did. Almost, it almost looked like they fit the personality of each one, you know, with the yeah. But like, well, like, we'll see more about their personalities as we get into meeting these other characters. But point being is, yeah, the the, the costumes look cool. Yeah, and. uh but long story short is this whole dream he has is them throwing him out of a window during an altercation where then he dies. So he wakes up from this dream and decides he needs to go kill these girls so he doesn't die in the future and gets tossed out of a window. You didn't. You said you didn't have as much problem with this. I, I'll buy it. Whatever. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let it slide. Is what I'll say. But so he wakes up, and this was a moment I kind of had a problem with the movie. If you pay attention a little bit, you can see where they had like editing problems. Did you see that? Like it would like zoom in on his face because they had like audio overlay for a moment when he would talk. Did you notice that at all in the movie? At this yeah. point, yeah, and it, and it was a semi reoccurring issue throughout the movie it was very slight and subtle and, and not crazy noticeable but if you're paying attention and trying to break down the movie analytically the way that we do it is something that we absolutely took notice of so yeah for sure yeah so um then at this moment ezekiel uh, stabs with poison 
the girl he's with, like his partner, and demands this vault number to breach this security system. I want to make sure I get this right. Was it yeah. like, because I turned to you at this moment. Yeah. Just let, to make let me, sure I fully understand. Let me jump in here. So he ended up meeting this girl at that play or whatever, whatever they went to go see, a musical, or I'm not sure exactly what you want to call it. But when he, he took her home, as in they, they met each other, they hit it off, they had a good connection. So they were going to go home to you know have a bit of fun at the end of the night, like taking a girl home from a bar kind of deal. And... He, but the thing is, he was calculated. He knew exactly who she was, even though she didn't know who he was. She was an NSA agent working for like the National Security Administration, and she had clearance and uh, she had access to stuff that only the Secret Service and high high up intelligence agencies have access to. And so. What he did was he he didn't actually stab her with poison. He grabbed her. His one of his abilities is when he grabs someone is is to like it poisons them a bit. So it's not like he had any sort of injection or, or stabbed her with anything. He just grabbed a hold of her, and that's part of his powers. Is he can he can really poison someone just by touching them and grabbing them. And we'll see him try to do that later on in in this movie too. But. And at this moment, he what he wanted was her codes. He needed the passcode so that way he could access the the systems where they could see everything that was happening, all the camera angles, all the facial recognition software. He needed access to that and needed her codes to do so. And that is what he took from her before she was, you know, I'm sure you're going to get into it, but that, that was the, the main prerogative of what he was doing there in that moment. Yeah, exactly. So, and then at that point, so, um, she didn't die, did she? Did she die from that poison? I guess, I guess she did, right? Yeah, she 100% died. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I had. I just wanted to make sure she truly died from that because we didn't see her again. And, you know, I'm kind of one of those people, too, like you said. You know, I like to see the body. So I assume that was the body, but I didn't see the funeral scene. <laughs> but, yeah, um, so she dies. <laughs> he, he leaves, right? And then we go back to this scene where Cassie Webb is now going to this like uh, baby shower. And it's a baby shower for Mary, who is actually Emma Roberts. And she's pregnant at the time. And uh, Mary attempts to open Cassie's gift at the baby shower. And this is where the dialogue got really awkward. Um, Cassie <laughs> tells jokes that her mom it was very random so like they go to open cassie's gift and she's tells a joke about how her mom died at childbirth which is like really awkward too because it's like well like you're about to give birth so like well and she's like well at least don't worry the child still survived i'm still here just my mom died it's like it just got worse and worse going down a rabbit hole here um, so then Cassie has this vision in the middle of the baby shower revealing Mary's baby's name as Richard and then comes back into reality and the moment like happens like deja vu. Go for it. Well, yeah, all I was going to say is uh, the baby's name wasn't Richard. What they were doing is they were playing a game. They were get they were, the whole game was uh, Mary wanted everyone to guess what the name of the baby was going to be and that was the next game they were playing in th at this baby shower and people were guessing it and when right before it got to Cassie 
another woman guessed the name Richard, but that wasn't it. And then they asked Cassie what her thoughts were on it. And that's when she said Ben, but then like what you're going to get into happens. And it turns out that it wasn't actually right there. It was, you know, right. a, a, a vision. So point being is like the baby's name is not Richard, <laughs> but uh, right. yeah, exactly. they, they, the whole part was like, they get to the point where they ask Cassie what the name is and she gives an answer. And then we'll, I'll let you go and take over from here. Yeah, just like you said, I mean, Ben comes in and says they have a situation is what happens and they got to go and leave the party early. And um, out of nowhere, it shows like Cassie in the situation at the event with her seeing it's like a vision again. Like she sees blood on her hands and um, she is giving well, CPR real quick. Real quick. Yeah. Yeah, let me dive in there. So before we get to that part. It, that ended up being a vision and then it all happened again and they thought so they already thought Cassie was a little bit off once she was kind of making very light of the fact that her mother died in childbirth and so then they went to that next game of guessing the baby's names and then it got to Cassie or whatever but that was a vision she had because then it comes back around and they do exactly as that as what we just saw on the screen except in real time this time and when they asked cassie what she thought she's like are you kidding we just did this why are you asking me again because she yeah. still doesn't realize that she's having visions so they're all like what do you mean we're doing this again like i just asked you for the first time like what, what are you talking about so they all think she's definitely off and cassie herself is starting to think that things are a little bit weird she's like i we i just did this like what the heck are you talking about and then it gets to that part that you're talking about when they go to the the ambulance like uh, her and ben go to that scene of the next you know catastrophe where they've got to try to save people and you know she's having that another vision that you'll go ahead and get into right here yeah great point yeah what i meant by that was because she was like as ben came in she's like oh sorry i had a real i had a weird session of deja vu or whatever she said which the dialogue was really strange but yeah so at this moment they go to that situation and cassie's having visions of blood on her hands she's giving cpr to this victim that's there in the same moment over and over and then uh o'neill needs her at the triage who is her i guess is o'neill like above her i guess he was he was above her right like her boss or something so o'neill then drives the ambulance and says uh it sounds like you're having a bad experience on the job don't let it mess with your head and then she has this vision again of something crashing right of something crashing and then immediately after o'neill crashes the ambulance and cassie is giving him cpr and has blood all over her hands and o'neill is dead so literal deja vu full circle moment she saw the vision of o'neill crashing the ambulance so then we're back over to Ezekiel, and he's playing with the spider. And uh, Ezekiel has his, I called it the secretary that was working with him in the security system, uh, but has his person, his secretary lady, pull up the faces of the girls, and they find out they're all teenagers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so they're all the teenage girls, which are the girls from the vision with the spider suits on. Then we're back over to Cassie, and she says that she knew O'Neill was going to die before um, before it happened because of the visions going on. And Cassie is at home and sees, like, a pigeon come in and 
is like, I guess he didn't die after all. I had, I didn't really understand this moment. Did you see that? Yeah. So what happened here is she was cooking something in the microwave and a pigeon flew in and smashed into the window and died on the, the ground. And then, uh, and she understood it cause the microwave ding done. And then that ended up being a vision. And so when the microwave ding done, she was like, okay, I'm going to go open this window and it's not going to change anything. She opened the window and instead of the pigeon smashing into the window and dying, it actually flew inside. And so she realized at that point in time, she can change what she sees in the visions because if she didn't open that window, the, pe- the pigeon was supposed to smash into the window and die, but it didn't because she ended up opening the window to see if what she saw was actually going to happen ahead of time. And so that, that kind of gave her the first real inclination that her powers, she can change the outcome of what she sees if she acts quick enough. Excellent point. Great point there. Because I thought it was just a pigeon dying. I was like, it died twice. <laughs> yeah, no, great point. So then Cassie travels to the train station. And this is where I start to get a little bit like, what was, <laughs> this is very ironic timing. So Julia Cornwall, Anya Corazon, and Maddie Franklin are all at the same train station at the same time. Um, and when they're there, you know, they're the spider girls that we've seen from these visions is who they are. So on the screen, you can tell who they are, but just to clear that up for the audience, um, and Ezekiel's like secretary person person thinks it's strange and um, and they're like spying on them at this situation. Right. So they can try to track them all down. And Cassie gets on the train and then sees a vision of Ezekiel in this spider suit. But it's like a black and red spider suit. It looked like a bank robber or something. What do you think of this spider suit here? I think it was one of the coolest ones I've seen. That was one thing I really did appreciate that the black and red accents on that looked badass. It looked like a fucking villain is supposed to look and some of the abilities that we're about to see from this one. Yeah, man, this, this guy's a problem. Yeah. So, and then on the train, uh, Cassie sees a vision of Ezekiel in the spider suit the red and black one choking Julia and throwing her. So now we know she knows this guy's most likely going to be a problem for these girls. And then Cassie is asking people on the train if uh, the place she's seeing is real and everyone's thinking she's crazy because she's seeing these visions and she's kind of snapping back and forth into visions and reality at this point. And Cassie gets all of them, like all the girls off the train, right? Like she rounds them up, gets them off the train. It's like the worst dialogue I've ever heard with the girls. But Cassie Dakota Johnson carried this thing for what it could be carried. And um, and they get off the train and all the girls are like thinking it's strange and wondering if she's like abducting them, right? And then Ezekiel in the spider suit comes from under like a train sign and starts taking out cops. Like he takes out the legs of the cops. He's like, you know, knocking people down, knocking them out and killing them. And it was weird. It was kind of like one of those like uh scream moments. Like if like scream or it reminded me of um 
not Freddy Krueger, who's Jason Voorhees or something in the house, like, coming to go kill people. What'd you think of uh, Ezekiel taking out the legs of some cops? I thought it was strange that he started targeting the cops because it made no sense. The girls were right there. They were very easily able to be grabbed. Cassie didn't have anything on her to help defend or protect anyone. So why the heck would you go after the cops? The cops aren't going to be able to do anything. We already know the cops are useless in all these superhero movies. I just thought it was a waste of time. But yeah, that it was funny to watch him take out the way they did. He's like slamming them down on the ground. Like making his way through them like a hot knife through butter but i just didn't see the point like why even attack the cops i thought it was weird that's why i wanted to get your take on that but i guess he just like had a bad temper man he just wanted to follow through i guess it was to kill everybody i don't know um so then the girls get in a taxi that cassie drives to like escape in and they get in the back and they're all introducing themselves and thank Cassie for saving them. But she reiterates, like, she's not saving them. She's like, I'm not saving you, you know, which is really weird because she's like, I'm here to save you, but, you know, I'm not, not here as your superhero kind of thing. And uh, then the radio turns on and says there's a kidnapper and a killer on the loose. And Cassie's like, nice. And this was the weird dialogue, too. She's like, yeah, lock him up. They need to lock him up. And then she realizes they're talking about her because they think she's the kidnapper with the girls that are in the taxi, right? And um, Cassie then takes the girls to the woods. I don't, I mean, I guess to like escape. Um, why would you drive out in the middle of the woods? Was it to escape? Would that be your number one idea here? Actually, it was a really smart idea. I know it seemed random, but. The whole reason they were able to be tracked is because in the city, the bad guys, Ezekiel and his assistant, had access to all the cameras and could view anyone at any time. There's no cameras out in the woods. You can't find them out in the woods. So, yeah, it was a little bit weird. And, you know, someone taking teenagers out into the woods by themselves, it does seem kind of creepy. But in reality, it was the right move since there's no cameras out there. Absolutely. It makes sense because to me, I was like, oh, man, she wants to gather them up in the woods, have a team meeting. So but in the woods. Right. So they question her and, uh, you know, they're questioning her on why, like, they brought she brought them out there. And it uh, turns out all the girls, for some reason, are acquaintances and knows each other. I think I thought that was kind of strange. Um, and then. Yeah. Well, they didn't. They didn't know each other. They knew her. She had an interaction. Yeah. They, Cassie had an interaction with all of them. She had the first interaction with the, the with the one in the schoolgirl outfit uh, at the hospital because she saved her stepmom in one of the accidents. And then she had an interaction with the uh, Anya because she lived in the same building as Cassie when she was like not paying the rent. Because she's saying her dad wasn't home or whatever. And we find out later why her dad wasn't home. But he, so we see that she had interaction and knew who Anya was from not, um, from where she lived in the same building. And then with the other one, she flipped her off after she, the, she was holding onto the ambulance with a skateboard. And uh, when the ambulance was moving in and out, Cassie was driving the ambulance trying to get to the scene of an accident. And the one held on to the back of it with a skateboard and 
after she got up, like she honked at her and she flipped her off. So she had an interaction with each of these girls, which, you know, obviously leads them all to the nice little destiny timing and all that fun stuff. But yeah, so it's not the girls knew each other. The girls all had an interaction with Cassie in a very recent time span. Gotcha. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I actually have that quote here because the dialogue was so bad. Um, Anya says, you're the girl in my, yeah, you're the girl in my complex that leaves her mail everywhere. <laughs> I think I even turned to you at this point. The dialogue was so bad. I just started laughing. I was like, like, who wrote that? <laughs> like, who, like, did you even need to say that? You just described like, oh, you're the girl in the complex that doesn't pay her rent. Well, how does she know that anyways? Was there like an eviction letter on, on Cassie's door or some shit? <laughs> I don't know, man. Whatever. But I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. So at this point, Cassie uh, goes back and does research on her mother's findings and, um, finds out that like if you're bitten by one of those spiders that those people tend to have a sixth sense about them and she sees ezekiel in the picture with her mom so now we know the lady that was in the amazon the peruvian amazon is cassie's mom and we see her there with ezekiel and um the three girls go to this diner that's outside of the woods and i mean literally outside of the woods I mean, outside the street, like you walk out the street and the diner was there. What do you think of uh, the the life saving diner outside the woods? This is like a horror film. You just walk out and there's like a diner in the middle of the street. What do you, what do you think about that? Was what it was. Remind me of Harold and Kumar when they needed to get out of the woods, ride the cheetah, and there was the White Castle, and, and they went. Well, they did the whole paragliding thing, and yeah, the, they they found the White Castle right there outside of where they needed to be. So, it is what it is, man. Don't have any thoughts on it. Yeah, and um, this part was a little weird for me. <laughs> I'm not. I won't go into too many details on it, but uh, I think Jane Ellie and I just shook our head in the theater. So. Not to go into anything super crazy, but Jane Ellie mentioned like a schoolgirl outfit. So these girls run into these boys that are in the diner and they recognize them from the newspaper. And we go to, for just a brief moment, Ezekiel's secretary. Wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah. They, these guys didn't even have the newspaper. There was the trucker that recognized them from the newspaper. And that's what he called in for the missing girls. But the boys okay, at the table... Yeah, the boys at the table had no idea. But the point that Chase is about to make about the schoolgirl outfit that I wanted to touch on, because it was funny when I said this, and then all of a sudden, yeah. what ends up happening, if you don't mind, I want to take this part right here. Go for it. Is Go just, for it. Yeah, it's just when um, I, I, got, I didn't understand the need to have Sydney Sweeney, who is the actress who portrays that character, in a schoolgirl outfit. I thought it was kind of ridiculous, and it was super impractical. I guess the best you can say is that maybe it was a school uniform and you had to wear it. But I just thought it was obscene. There was no need for her to be in the schoolgirl outfit. It seemed very, I don't know. I didn't like what Hollywood did with that one. And it, I, that before this even happened, I promise you can ask Chase, before this even came on the screen, I was like, dude, what's up with this girl in this Britney Spears type schoolgirl outfit? It doesn't make any sense. And then I swear, maybe what ten minutes passed, and then the song on the radio that came on in the in the theater or in, in the movie was fucking toxic by Britney Spears. 
I went, are you shitting me? Like, you guys didn't even try to hide that. I thought it, yeah, I was, it made no sense to me. And the little uh, little quip and Easter egg, I guess you wanted to put towards it, I just didn't, I didn't appreciate it. I thought it was kind of sleazy for them to kind of throw that in there in that sort of way is what it is. Just my own personal thoughts on it. But it was just so wild that I had literally mentioned the comparison to Britney Spears before the Britney Spears song came on. Then the Britney Spears song came on and I looked at Chase. I was like, are you kidding me? Well, that was absurd, bro. But yeah, I'll let you go ahead and continue on. And uh, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead for a second and then jump back just to mention this moment, not giving anything away, but I'm going to mention it because even if the writers here <laughs> wanted to just say, oh, we just put that in there at the soundtrack. That wasn't the point of that, right? There's no way because there's a moment that happens in just a minute where the song in the taxi cab that Cassie is at, the radio host said it says and that was toxic by britney spears <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> like literally has has a character as a radio announcer for an extra extra 60 seconds like not necessary at all announced that that was the song toxic by britney spears <laughs> i don't know man what the fuck okay back to it even more what the fuck though What'd you think of this? I want to know your thoughts. So the girls start dancing on the table for the boys. Bro, I hated that so much. Like we're really at that point in life and in Hollywood where we're going to have teenage girls. These, these people are portraying teenage girls dancing on a table for the boys around them. What the fuck are we doing? We're going backwards as a society. What the fuck was that, bro? Like that, I, I really didn't like that at all. That they're just going to have these teenagers. What kind of message does that send, dude? Like, they're going to be dancing for boys on tables. Like, are you fucking kidding me? That was in the writing. That got that got greenlit. They gave that the fucking green check mark to continue into production. That shit pissed me off more than almost any part of the movie. But I'll, I'll let you go ahead and continue on. Yeah, me too. I was... I just... I could... It was one of those moments where my eyes about fell out. I couldn't believe what we were just watching. Now... Any woman's entitled to do whatever they want, uh, you know, uh, support them, whatever decision they make. But teenage girls, like, you're, you're literally trying to sell sex appeal of teenage girls in a in what's a spinoff Spider-Man film for families? What the fuck is wrong with you? Excuse my language, but what the fuck is wrong with you? You took a fucking L on this film just because of that right there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and just to, to chime in right there, and it was like for the entertainment of the boys around the table. Like they, they were literally dancing for the boys around the table, and they are like taking videos of it for their TikToks or whatever. I'm like, are you kidding me? What the fuck are you guys doing? That was sick, man. And not in the good kind of sick. That was like fucking weird. I really think that they need to rethink that one. And I know that they can't pull it or, or take the part out, but they really need to take a long look at themselves and wonder what the fuck they decided to do that for and how it got approved to be in the film. Because I, I, I had a big problem with that. Yeah, and not to keep beating a dead horse, but I want to say one last thing about that too. This movie went through a shitload of reshoots from the word on the street why in the fuck was that not reshot like out of all the scenes that's the one you wanted to specifically keep in there to connect moments that don't even really play any significance to the point of the movie 
and you specifically want to make sure it's mentioned because you have toxic play and if even if you wanted to play it off and just be like oh we just thought it was a good britney spears song or whatever right no you have a radio host that's written in as a character that announces and that was toxic by britney spears i i'm baffled honestly i've never seen something like that ever happen but okay Back to it. Now we're going back to Cassie because we're catching up to that exact moment I told you about. So she gets to the woods. The girls aren't there. And you have the announcer on the radio say that was Toxic by Britney Spears. And Toxic is playing in the taxi cab. So now we get to Ezekiel. He's in that badass spider suit. He begins uh, attacking the girls. Chokes Maddie. I'm going to get to what happens in a minute. Chokes Maddie stabs cassie that's made it to the diner with a knife after an altercation and it's all a vision cassie is standing in the woods still and toxic by britney spears is still playing in the taxi cab baffled so <laughs> cassie uh gets in the car drives and we see cassie slams into the diner crashing into it with the car as ezekiel's in the spider suit and he, he's a, trying to like attack people and as cassie's getting the girls away ezekiel grabs cassie's arm and uh the girl's getting away in the taxi cab what do you think about this because we had a moment that you had a really good prediction which turned out to be something different but i thought you had a really cool prediction when this happened and that would, in my opinion, is not what happened, unfortunately, but it would have made the writing so much better. Like, why the fuck didn't they think of that? But uh, what do you think of the scene? Yeah, what Chase is talking about is there is the part where Ezekiel grabbed Cassie. And what we had seen from before is when Ezekiel grabbed the NSA agent that he was in his bed and the poison went through her and killed her pretty instantly. I had thought... Because when Cassie's mom was laying in that little sacred waters with the Las Aranias and they had the spider bite Cassie's mom, I thought maybe that would have some sort of properties that got transferred to the baby, which is Cassie, as Cassie came out. And I thought it would be really cool if that when Ezekiel tried to grab Cassie, that Cassie was immune to the venom because she was bitten well she wasn't herself bitten by one of the spiders but her mom was and maybe in the blood uh, they, they went through it and she got some of those powers from the spider that bit her mom and then that would make the poison useless against cassie i thought that would have been a really cool thing to do but as chase said unfortunately that prediction that i made in the movie theater it wasn't correct i was wrong i wish it was though because it would have made it better but this is what we're stuck with. <laughs> so instead, they wanted to make sure that Britney Spears was on there, <laughs> even though they could have made a really cool writing moment. Did not. Anyways, back to Ezekiel. <laughs> His uh, secretary person mentions that Cassie's mom was Cassandra Webb, and Ezekiel's shocked because they had that past moment where he worked with her. You know, she got shot with the gun and he decided to kill everybody just like the cops. <laughs> kill everyone in association. And now we're back over to the girls and um, the girls are all together. You know, Cassie brings them to this motel where they can kind of, you know, catch their breath. 
And Anya mentions that she can't go to the police because if she goes to the police, uh, she'll get deported because she's an immigrant and that she's been living on her own and her dad was deported and arrested. So I really felt for her in this moment. And the girls tell Cassie that they need her. So I think that's good. Um, And Cassie, the next morning, wakes the girls up at the motel and tells her that every time Ezekiel touches them, he releases neurotoxins. So this kind of goes back into that moment we talked about. Um, And luckily, when Ezekiel touched her, um, he didn't touch her long. And with this CPR technique, she's able to slow the poison. So I guess that's kind of cool. Yeah, to touch on that real quick, she was talking about because the the poison and the neurotoxins that get into your body, what they do is they cause cardiac arrest. And what Cassie was showing them is to combat cardiac arrest, you use CPR to keep the heart pumping. And she was teaching them that. So that's where that came in with the poison and the heart stopping and then being able to save somebody if they need to using CPR if it got to the point where you know one of them entered entered into cardiac arrest from being grabbed by him absolutely um well then cassie after she teaches them this method um i do want to mention it for a second i didn't mind them doing cpr but i thought it was kind of strange they just kept keeping this on there for like five minutes but whatever they were practicing cpr i guess well it was important for what's going to happen towards the end of the movie and that's they did that to build that full circle moment towards the end so i I understood why they did it yeah um so then cassie decides to drop the girls off at ben's house so we know uncle ben younger uncle ben and uh, she flies off to peru so i'm gonna turn to you because <laughs> this moment happened here and you and me both were both like <laughs> okay so i'm gonna let you talk about this yeah the issue i had with this moment specifically is a fact that there it was announced over the police radio that they were searching for a woman that they had the basically is the one who allegedly kidnapped three teenage girls. And my thing is they have the same access to the technology and they probably were able to identify who the individual was that kidnapped the three girls with all the, the cameras that they had access to in the train station. And maybe subsequently after that on the sides of the streets and things, my point being if they were able to identify her, which they absolutely should have been, how in the world was Cassie able to fly without being put on like a no-fly list or try to escape? Like they, they should have been flagged. She should have been arrested. They should have, the police should have showed up at the airport. There's no way they should have allowed her to be able to just fly to Peru. You are accused of kidnapping children. They know who you are, but yet you're able to just fly to Peru with no problem. No one stopped you. No one called it in. I don't know, man. It kind of, I, I think that one was a, a little bit of a miss on their part. Oh, for sure. Cause, and, uh, just so everyone knows here, I even like questioned Jay Nelly in the theater. Cause I'm like, well, maybe if it was like a private plane or like she hired her own pilot for a biplane and Jay Nelly goes, you really think a paramedic can afford a fucking private jet? <laughs> I mean, what's your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, and on top of that too, to continue, not only is she just like a paramedic making whatever a salary of a normal paramedic is, which I'm sure it's okay, but definitely not enough to fly private. And it's also not like she came from a family that had a lot of money that would allow her to do that. Bro, she was an orphan. So you're telling me an orphan paramedic is going to be able to fly private? No, no chance. This is just a miss on their part of allowing her to freely fly to Peru for no fucking reason. I mean, and the re- reason why she got to go to Peru is because she needs to figure out what happened. So I'm not saying that was no point, but there, there's no way that she should have been allowed to fly in the first place because she's accused of kidnapping children. And there, they, there's no way they would allow anyone. They would have had that facial recognition software immediately. They would have sent it out to all the airports. They would have had her ID. So as minute, the minute she gave it to any of those agents at the, like the TSA at the airport, they would have flagged it and she would have been brought in for arrested and questioning at the very least. So I think it was a complete miss. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then the we see the Peruvian native man from the beginning. So full circle moment here. Um, and at this time, you know, he's like in the jungle waiting on Cassie to arrive. And the man shows her the spring where she was born. And I'm going to let you go into detail <laughs> this he pushes her and like pushes her soul out of her body into the spring what'd you think of this yeah this is the part where things started to get a little bit weird towards the, the ending of the film that you and i had did a quick reaction on and talked about a little bit but he absolutely like you had mentioned pushed her in the chest but instead of her falling backwards into the water it was just her spirit that flew out of the back of her body and went into the water. And she was able to have this unique vision of the past and everything that happened and be able to see anything. And, and the explanation was, well, you were in the womb. And so you were still there for those things. So that's how you're able to see up to this point in the past. And I'll let you talk about what she did see in the past and all that we learned and why her mother did what her mother did. But it was just one of those things like, really? You're going to push the soul out of somebody? <laughs> I, it was it was silly. So I'll, I'll let you continue on, though, bro. Yeah, no, you're fine. And I know you kind of like this part because this is a really big moment for what happens here. Not that you like pushing the soul, but I'll let you take this part because this is a, a good one. Oh, you're talking about where she goes through like and all the past and exactly why she did what she did. So essentially, Cassie has always been upset with her mom for making the choice to go to the Amazon in the first place instead of realizing that she had a child that she needed to take care of. So she thought the whole trip was unnecessary and negligent on her mother's part in that her mother didn't care enough for her to be a good mom and not travel during the last trimester and should have had her baby before she was off trying to study these spiders in in Cassie's mind. But now as she's in like the, the, the soul pool and she's going through the webs of time and seeing what actually transpired, she starts to see... You know, when she's looking at her mom, when her mom's uh, tracking the spider, like her holding her, her pregnant belly and saying, like, you know, stuff along the lines of she's doing this for her and she's not really understanding. So then it goes back in time even further to where Cassie's mom, her name's Constance, she is in the doctor's office and this doctor is telling her there's nothing that they can do for her baby because her baby is going to have some sort of. Uh, genetic birth defect and that the lifespan for that baby isn't going to be very long they don't even know how long it might be and maybe the baby won't make it at all 
And so she mentions to the doctor, she's like, well, there's still uh, tests out there and there's things in the, the Amazon where there's healing properties of certain, you know, of, of peptide. They call them peptides in these spiders. And she's like, yes, but those are very un... Uh, they, they're not, we don't have a lot of research on it. They're untested. Those theories are just like in their very infant stages. So we don't really know about it. And she's like, well, I'm not just going to do nothing. I'm not going to sit here and just let my daughter or my, my baby. I don't know if she knew it was going to be a daughter at the time, but I'm not going to sit here and let my baby just go through this and potentially die without even trying. Like the fact that you just tell me to sit back and do nothing is insane. And so that's the reason she went to the Amazon in the first place is because she wanted to find the healing properties and the peptides in these specific rare spiders to save her daughter's life. So the entire trip to the Amazon was absolutely necessary because without getting bit by the spider, it's very likely that Cassie would have died either in childbirth herself or shortly thereafter uh, because of that birth defect. So then she realizes her mom really did care about her the entire time and everything her mom did for going to research the spiders and going out there and trying to find them was to make sure Cassie survived. So yes, I, I did think that was a pretty cool full circle moment. I think that's something they did really well with this film. Yeah, great point. Um, so then now Cassie's back in the spring here, and uh, the Peruvian native guy says that she has the power to see the future, and she can be at more than one place at one time. What do you think of this? It sets up for the really silly part that is supposed to be the climax of the film that both of you and I kind of laughed at when it happened, but that that's what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> same here. Um, and this was interesting, too. They kind of flipped the switch here on this famous quote. So the Peruvian guy says to Cassie, when you take on the responsibility, great power will come. Now, we know it's a spinoff of the original quote, with great power comes res great responsibility. So what do you think about this? I didn't mind it. I thought it was an interesting kind of change. But a lot of people were pissed off about this. So what what are your thoughts? I actually preferred it because it's going to be annoying to every single new Spider-Man adaptation to hear the same quote over and over again. So to say the same thing in a different way was actually very unique. And I think they did a great job with it, my own opinion. Yeah, I thought it was good, which, you know, I'm always a fan of with great power comes great responsibility. But I thought it was good. I have no problem. This was not a problem I had with the film. I thought it was an interesting take. I'm glad they made it their own. You know, I have no problem with that. There's a lot of other problems it has, though. <laughs> so we'll get into it. Um, so now at this moment, so we're going, Cassie goes back home and Mary, uh, Cassie goes to see Mary and Mary goes into label, uh, late. <laughs> goes into label, goes into labor. <laughs> Remember the one that was having the baby and they go to her house. And then as she's going into labor and they go with Mary to take her to the hospital, Cassie goes back into the city on her own, but sees a vision of the girls with Mary exploding in a car. So exploding in a car here. And Cassie uh, steps on the gas this was weird. <laughs> so Cassie steps on the gas of an ambulance and drives through a Calvin Klein tower building, a shopping mall building or whatever it was, through the back of it towards Ezekiel. But Ezekiel jumps 
in the way of it, which smashes him. So as he's jumping vertical, ironically, if Ezekiel had just stayed still, it probably wouldn't have hit him. What did you think of this moment of the Fast and the Furious Cassie here? Yeah, that this was one of the dumbest parts of this entire film. You're telling me that we're going to go full Dominic Toretto and we're going to drive an ambulance through a brick-walled building. And it's not... Number one, if you're going to drive it, you might smash into it. It's going to crumple the front of the ambulance for sure. You might leave a crack in the brick or whatever. But no, not only does it explode through the brick wall, she does have she has enough force apparently to dive over three or four cars to get right to the middle car perfectly right where Ezekiel is and land right there and knock him off into the area where he had the bomb that was going to go underneath the car and explode them, which was a vision she initially had. No, apparently she was able to just time it just right. She, you know, she said, man, this is family. Just like old Dominic Toretto. And uh, <laughs> just to just show right through the fucking brick wall, over three or four cars, right into the middle, but doesn't somehow hit the car with Ben, Mary, and the three girls in it. No, but that, that's just fine. But does happen to hit right in front of his equal who has to jump out of the way and roll underneath the thief. And he drops the bomb because uh, that's all happens. And all of a sudden, that explodes. What the fuck was that, dude? You're going to sit here and tell me I've got to buy that shit? No, dude, absolutely not. That was ridiculous. Yeah, and even at this point, I'm still willing to let it slide. Like, I'm like, sure, whatever. Maybe add, like, a crazy moment. Here we go. (laughs) That's that's exactly what I'll say. So, uh, just like you said, um, so that happened, and then the girls get in the ambulance, and Ezekiel jumps back on the ambulance. This part was kind of cool. They're trying to, like, run away from Ezekiel, and uh, she has the girls. You mentioned this to me in the movie at first, too, because it took me a minute to realize what happened. She has the girls use the defibrillator pads that are in the back of the ambulance and time it. So when Ezekiel places his hands on the ceiling, they shock it and then knock him off. The ambulance is what happens. And um, as this happens, though, the inside of the ceiling of the ambulance, like, falls and calls like is that what happened like the car like had to like she had to pull over because like the ceiling was collapsing in and the car was like about to crash or something did you see what happened at that moment there for when they pulled over yeah i mean i think that they just realized that that weren't going to be able to get much further because she smashed through the damn wall of it with the ambulance so obviously the vehicle was falling the fuck apart so they had to get out of there and i think she had a vision of what they needed to do next in terms of the building they went into. And I'll let you kind of get into it from there. But I think it was more about like she had that vision of what they needed to do. And plus on top of that, yeah, there's no, number one, there's no way that ambulance would still be fucking mobile after smashing through the wall and smashing on the ground. But whatever, we're going to, we're just going to let that go to the side. <laughs> but in any event, yeah. yeah, I'll let you continue on from when they get out. Yeah. And it did stall at one point. Like she probably could have gotten it back on, but they exit out of the car and this is where I really feel like this was a Jason Voorhees kind of moment. They run into this random ass warehouse. Did you find any point in why they wanted to run into the warehouse? Yeah, I think that she had the vision of what they needed to do. And that was, it told her basically to go there. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, sounds good to me. It works. So Cassie and the girls go into the warehouse and she gives them fireworks 
to uh, stop Ezekiel, like well, hold him back. Hold on, there were flares. They they had flares first, but they put him in like the the bas- the the crates with the fireworks in it. So they had yeah. they had the flares. That's what they were like the, the emergency flares were on the side of the road when it's dark out and you need to know where you need to avoid if you're driving around and there's an emergency. So they, they let the flares up and with lighting the flares, they put the flares in the boxes with the fireworks and that's when shit started going real weird. <laughs> Yeah, great, great point. Exactly. And that was to like slow him down. You can see in this moment as Ezekiel is trying to make his way through the warehouse. It felt like I was watching like one of those video games or something because he was like shooting webs to move across the cargo when I felt like he could have walked like three feet. But yeah, it's and at this point. As the uh, flares and fireworks are going off, Ezekiel gets knocked down. He swings across the cargo, and then the flare and fireworks shoots a brick wall down in front of him so they can escape. What are What is your thoughts about the... I suggest no one on July 4th this year lights any fireworks or flares because they might shoot through your brick walls. Yeah, that was another part, but one of the biggest problems I had. It, it was so ridiculous. And not only did it's not even just a shot through the wall, which would have been ridiculous anyways. It shot just enough a hole for all three of the girls to walk through right at the convenient timing. Like, there's no way a firework it hits a brick wall and it blows a human-sized hole in it so you can walk through it. But apparently that's what they want us to buy. So, whatever. I'll let you continue on. But yeah, that part really pissed me off. Oh, it gets even better. I'm about to turn it back over to you again to get your thoughts. So as they're running here, helicopters, you see the girls and Cassie. So they begin firing down upon them. Uh, Cassie grabs, you go into well, it right here. Yeah, this is I, I great. Was a, yeah, I was about to say, like, the, the helicopters aren't firing down. The helicopters are trying to figure out what's going on because the building's all exploding because of the fireworks and the explosives. So the helicopter itself isn't doing anything to uh, attack or nothing. But remember, Cassie had the vision that she was able to get the girls onto the helicopter and they were able to get out of there. So in her mind, they need to get up to the, the helicopter and get them on. Obviously, it doesn't turn out that way in the vision. But yeah, so that's when they kind of have the whole, I don't want to say like final stand of everything that happens here. But dude, that's when you got uh, you know Ezekiel versus the three girls and Cassie, so I guess four in total, but I'll let you kind of go through the sequence of events, and then we can talk about the big problem that we both have with uh, the the climax of the film. <laughs> yeah, so there's a moment here that happens. I don't know if it was an homage to Captain America here, but like fireworks and the flares go off, and Cassie grabs like it was the side of the wall or something. It was blocks yeah, dude, the it, flares. It was a metal like sheet. She almost like a like sheet metal. And apparently these fireworks can blast through a brick wall and it's it give a perfect sized human hole. But Cassie can go full Captain America with the sheet metal and block them. Like like you said, with Captain America's shield. She's like, these things are flying at her, and she's blocking one, two, three fucking blasts at her with this damn piece of metal she found on the ground. Apparently, we're going to have to buy that bullshit. Great point. I almost forgot about that. But that was absurd. And this gets even worse. So, speaking of flares and fireworks, Ezekiel jumps in the way and, like, punches a flare firework. <laughs> 
that just so happens to spin all the way up to the helicopter and explode the helicopter. Someone explain to me how in the hell that happens. How does a flare and firework destroy an entire helicopter? It beats me. It makes no sense. Much less the fact that he was able to shoot it off like the 4th of July to get it all the way. It must be the 4th of July. I'm taking the dog. <laughs> yeah, but shoots the firework all the way up to the helicopter, explodes the helicopter. And then Maddie attempts to try to attack Ezekiel and uses, as Ezekiel pushes her off, uses spider powers to grab a pipe or leverage to stop and hold herself there without being thrown into the ocean. I have no idea how, but last time I checked, the girls didn't get bitten by spiders, so I don't know when they would develop spider powers. But Ezekiel has all three of the girls cornered and tells Cassie that she can't save them. And this moment here is that absolute what the hell moment happened so at this moment cassie uses her powers to split her soul into three different places to save all the girls at one time so i want to get your opinion on these three things one how in the f does ezekiel hit a flare into a helicopter that explodes an entire helicopter a million dollar helicopter explodes by a flare. Two, how does Maddie have spider powers when she has not been bit by any spider but saves herself with random spider powers? And how has Cassie split her soul for the big climax of the movie to save all three girls at one time, even though we know he said, the Peruvian man said, oh yeah, you can now be three places at once. Don't you feel like, one, that was a little rushed, two, like, what the fuck? Like, how did you do that? Thoughts on all of that, Gene Nelly? Yeah, thoughts on the first thing of him smashing the dang flare firework into the helicopter and then hitting the helicopter in the right spot to explode the propellers and drop it to the ground in a fire crash. That's absurd. Uh, I mean, all of those things are absurd that you did just mention. Like that one, whatever, it's a superhero movie. Sometimes they want to make cool things happen, and that's what it is. But the next part that you had mentioned is one of the things I have a real big problem with. Because Ezekiel smashed Maddie, and she went flying, but then like somehow reached her arm out, grabbed the metal bar, and spun around real quick as if she had like the craziest reflexes in the world. Girl, you were flying through the air at how many miles an hour at, without any sort of spider powers at all, but somehow your small human teenage body was able to grab a metal bar and spin super fast to make sure that you were safe on it. Get the fuck out of here. And then the last part, this big climax of the movie, yes, I do agree. If I, yeah, like I said, we understood where the full circle came from because the the Las Arrañas captain or chief or whatever you want to call him in the Peruvian jungle was like, yeah, you can be in multiple places at once. And so this was that coming into fruition. But yeah, for, for, it was super rushed. And it just looked really weird because, it, like you said, the dialogue was very... Uh, rudimentary at best it was just kind of bad and he's like oh 
you, uh, you have to choose you're going to save. You can't save all of them. And then she's like, oh, yeah, watch me. I'm going to save all of them right now. And then she takes her, like, like switches soul into three and grabs and saves each and every one of them. While Ezekiel apparently just sat there and watched her do it. Didn't try to attack her. Didn't try to fucking stop her at all. No, he just let her body split into three and to hold and, and go save them all and just waited for his turn. Like, I don't know, dude. It was, it was ridiculous. All three of those things were silly 100% silly and that's kind of why we were talking about the back end of the movie the very last you know 20 minutes we all had a huge problem with and yeah it was it was bad so I'll let you go ahead and continue on yeah and it stays that way (laughs) that's exactly what happened so Ezekiel while Cassie is in this trance of three so she's got three she's split her soul into three to save the girls Ezekiel punches her back into her body which was the weirdest thing I've ever seen and at the same time the flares and fireworks are hitting this Pepsi tower that's above them so it's like starting to collapse and like the stratinals getting everywhere and Cassie is waiting for it to break apart based on, like, I guess what she's seen, I assume, right? And this was the dumbest line I've ever heard. Ezekiel says, "There was, <laughs> they were never a part of your future. And then... Well, she said that to <laughs> Ezekiel. She, uh, Cassie said yeah. to Ezekiel because that, this whole thing started because Ezekiel wanted to take these girls out before they got to the point where they took him out from his own visions that he had like the nightmares he said he was having the same dream for years that these three girls were going to kill him and so he she was telling him like that you this these people were never part of your future all that was based on a lie and an insecurity and and it actually never happened you brought them into your life because you thought that by taking them out ahead of time that you were going to save yourself. But realistically, if you would have just chilled the fuck out and just lived your life, none of this shit would have ever happened. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. Who knows with the dialogue. But yeah, good point. Yeah, no, you're right. It was Cassie that said it. But so, anyways, the Pepsi Tower collapses and Ezekiel falls and it breaks apart on him and the tower collapses. Ezekiel dies. I thought that was very anticlimactic see i got it right that time that's how the big villain dies is he gets killed by a pepsi tower i don't know i'll get your thoughts on that in a minute but at this time because the pepsi tower is collapsing into the water cassie falls into the ocean and then a flare somehow I'm going to buy it goes into the exact same spot as the ocean is heard down to where she's at and hits her in the eyes and like knocks her unconscious and she wakes up and cause Julia jumps in to rescue her, pulls her out of the ocean and then is giving Cassie the CPR that she taught her so full circle moment there and cassie wakes up her eyes are gray so she's blind (laughs) so she's blind now and talk about an homage to professor xavier so we're in the future here (laughs) this part is so fucking laughable (laughs) so we're in the future and all the girls go to see cassie 
And Cassie's got it looks like the Cyclops, the Cyclops sunglasses, honestly. It was like almost like it wasn't one thing across, but it looked like she had the Oakley's version of Cyclops, honestly, is what it was. And then it zooms out and she's in a wheelchair. How the fuck did she wind up in a wheelchair? I mean, I guess because she fell. I knew she was blind, but... I mean, did you think initially she was going to be in a wheelchair when she fell into the ocean? Just your thoughts real quick. Yeah, I um, I, I did not think that she was going to be in a wheelchair. That part was a little interesting. I mean, it adds a little bit of flair to the future of where these characters go. But I guess the best way, because maybe she fell from such a high point and smashed water, like her back first into the water. Have you ever done a belly flopper? That shit does hurt. So I guess the thought process is she hit the water at such a rate of speed back first that maybe it did something to her spine and caused her to be paralyzed. Or maybe this is just a temporary thing. I don't know, dude. Like, because then we see something that towards the end of what yeah dude so i i I don't know if it's maybe just a temporary wheelchair experience but yeah the blindness is obviously sticking and you know it was convenient that a flare flew into the water and hit her square in the eyes of everything after everything just happened but you know i was telling chase that that is possible i don't know if you guys have ever shot bullets in the water or even went fly fishing or spear fishing you know you can have missiles launch into the water and come with enough force to actually hurt something so that is plausible it's just really convenient that it happened to go a flare that is ignited by fire flies into the water and ends up with enough rate of speed to hit her right where it did and causing her to now be blind so yeah strange strange stuff but those are my thoughts on that part i'll let you continue on yeah, I mean, don't you think it would have been better if, like, Ezekiel or something made this try to make a big final stand and, like, stabbed her in the eye with a flare or something? Like, he's over there sh- punching flares into helicopters. You would think he'd do something like that that's more realistic. I don't know. Yeah, the, there's a bunch of ways that... I guess we, all, we agree 100% with each other that the last little bit of this film was... It made no sense, so, yeah. Yeah, so, um, Cassie... We're about to go into what me and Jane Nelly just talked about. So, of course, Cassie's blind in a wheelchair. I thought it was a homage to Professor Xavier. I don't know. But then we see Cassie sees the girls that we saw in the dream before in a vision where we see their spider suits again. They're all teaming up in the future, and they're all standing on this tower. And the other one behind them is Cassie in the Madam Web suit. But she was in a wheelchair. What's your thoughts on that? Apparently the paralysis is temporary. Maybe she goes there and gets bit by the spider and the peptides in the spider heal her paralysis. I don't know. But yeah, she was straight up. She was she was floating in the air, the you know, Superman style, Goku style, you know, just floating in the air. But she was fully straight up. Not you know, she wasn't sat down in the wheelchair in that vision at all. She was ready for fucking battle. And yeah, dude, I, d- I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so I mean, we're just going to have to assume the paralysis is, is temporary or maybe, you know, she's just viewing herself in that capacity, even though it doesn't actually come to pass. I don't know, dude. I, that was very interesting. 
with the direction they decide to go. So I, I'm hoping that the answer to that is just she's only temporarily paralyzed and is able to come out of that wheelchair eventually. Yeah, I hope so. My big problem with this, though, is, and it doesn't have to be a problem because it's all a writing perspective on whatever you, whatever take you want to have on it, is this is supposed to be a Spider-Man spinoff. And even with, like, say, the first original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, we at least got to see them see him in the suit for a while at some point. This whole film, they marketed this thing with all the girls in their suits for all the trailers. And it was literally one tiny scene, and the rest of it was taken from that dream. So, I mean, you know, it's fine. It's a writing perspective, but don't go fucking market it. <laughs> like, we're going to have some... Like you, like you said, right? If you want to call it Harry Potter and... Harry Potter and the Golden Egg, fine. Don't call this Madam Web. <laughs> call this Madam and Madam Cassie in the Final Destination with an ambulance. That's exactly what this should be called. Don't be marketing this shit as a Spider-Man film. You know what you should be calling this? You should be calling this Madam Xavier. <laughs> Madam, Madam Cassie Xavier. And uh, and she can team up with Daredevil in the sequel if there is one, which there probably won't be after what we just witnessed in the last 20 minutes. What are your takeaways for this? Because that's how the movie ends. That's it. There was no... We thought usually there's an after credit scene. There was no fucking after credit scene. That was just it. It was just like, see you guys. Fuck you. <laughs> Thanks for your fucking money. By the way, Jay Nelly and I, this was opening day. We're the only two in the theater. I, I shit you not. Jay Nelly, am I being honest about that? And what are your takeaways? It wasn't opening day. It was two days after opening day. It came out on Valentine's Day the 14th. We watched it on Friday the 16th. Okay. So, But either way, you were 100% correct that we were the only two individuals in the entire theater. We could have fucking played tag football and no one would have bothered it because there ain't nobody fucking there. There was no one in the theater when we watched this. It was crazy. And yeah, it wasn't opening day, but it was close enough that this is supposed to be a big Marvel film and it's a Spider-Man spinoff. So you, you know how big Spider-Man's been for Marvel. You would expect it. You know, listen, if, you, even if it can't be fully full, you got to know that there, there cannot be only two people there. And if Chase and I didn't have to watch this to cover for the podcast, that would have been an empty fucking theater that showed a movie that no one came to watch. That is That speaks volumes about the way people have viewed this film. And I personally don't think it was as bad as some of the reviews that I came across, but it definitely wasn't a good film. I wouldn't, you know, like I, said, I think there's been worse ones, and we'll get into that when we go through more of the takeaways here in just a second. But point being is, yeah, no, dude, you're not exaggerating at all. We were the only two people in the entire theater. I have never seen that. I've never been one of the two people and the other person be my friend that we saw this film and there was not another soul in that fucking theater. And all I was going to say before I shoot it back to you, this isn't like we were at a mom and pop theater. We were at Universal fucking Studios in Orlando, Florida. You can see the clip on our TikTok when we walked out of the theater. This was not a small theater. This is one of the biggest theaters in the country. And there was only us. Like, that was it. That's, I don't know about you, but for opening weekend for a movie, that's not a good sign. Uh, back to you for your takeaways. 
Yeah, man, not a good sign at all. And in terms of the takeaways, you know, just to kind of start from the end there where you made the the illusion. I know I made a joke about it in the theater as well. I was like, oh, it looks like we got uh, Mrs. Murdoch, you know, Cassie Murdoch going to be in here. Her and Daredevil are going to be real good pals. You know, but we're both blind. They got the little bit of the similarities and they come up and play in certain aspects. So, you know, hey, you know, we might get Daredevil and Cassie Webb together. Who knows, man? But to to kind of take it back from the beginning and my full takeaways of the film is that, yeah, as I was saying, I didn't find it as bad. Like we, I think one of the reviews that we saw from the audience rating was this was the worst Marvel film I've ever seen. I don't think it was that bad in terms of uh, to the very bottom of the barrel. But it's it's well below average, and it's not. It is ranked towards the bottom. Just to name a few, though, I do think the Eternals was a much worse film. I do think the Marvels was a much worse film. There's just so many plot holes in each of those things. The stuff that was wrong with Madam Web was just like un like it was not believable. The stuff that you try to get us to sell on screen, all these things, the ambulance crashing through the wall, Fast and Furious style, and diving right to the right point all of a sudden you know she gets pushed in the chest and her soul comes out and goes into the water and then she splits it off and to save these three girls while the bad guy Ezekiel just lets her do it and then he gets crushed by the pepsi sign the little s on the pepsi sign smashes him and you know there's just so many things that yeah he, he smashes the flare into the helicopter there's just so many things that are so ridiculous even for a superhero film look i'm a realist i understand that not every part of a superhero film is going to make sense. I mean, none of it is supposed to make sense. The whole point is they have got powers that doesn't exist in real life. But you have to make a storyline that is something that we can buy. You know, I've got to be able to believe that this shit's possible. None of that stuff in the last 20 minutes was plausible at all. And nothing that like, I'm sitting here like, what the heck am I watching? You know, I, and the part is, is like, they think they did have a decent storyline up to it. We had this whole full circle and the, the overall arching theme of Cassie feeling abandoned by her mother, Constance, who died in the forest, and she thought like she just died in childbirth because she was traveling when she shouldn't have been. And so for that reason, Cassie's always been against like the family-type deal. Remember when she was given that picture by the little boy? She was awkward in receiving it because she didn't like the whole touchy-feely family, you know, emotional stuff. She felt very comfortable in the lone wolf and I you know I don't need anybody and I don't want to have any sort of family myself that's why she was awkward at the baby shower she wanted nothing to do with the babies that's just not her deal and then she's got to take care of these teenagers and at the very beginning she's like no I'm not taking care of you guys like I don't know what you guys think this is but I'm just here to get you out because I happen to be in the same area and I thought I could do something but I, don't make no mistake I'm not here to take care of you and then she even had the vision of her leaving them uh, and then having that conversation with Ezekiel in the diner uh, but it was just a vision that she didn't end up actually doing because she realized how that was going to turn out and so then as it slowly continued on she ended up realizing when she went back to peru herself that her mother actually was a good mother and was trying to do all the things for her so that she could survive she being cassie when she had that uh, uh, birth defect the genetic birth defect that would have potentially ended her life either in childbirth or shortly thereafter 
So at that point, then she starts feeling a more of a protective and motherly role towards these teenage girls who at the beginning she wanted nothing to do with. So look, the storyline itself actually wasn't bad. And it was something I did, I, I could follow and I thought it was pretty cool. And now we have the, you know, these female leads taking a, a prominent role. And I think that's fantastic. And a lot of the stuff that they had and, and the thought behind it was great. But the writing was bad. The dialogue was bad. The stuff that you tried to make me believe it was, it was possible or plausible in, in the whole climax and the buildup and all these things that just, it was, it was laughable. There was a lot of times I'm laughing at the theory, like, like what the fuck are they doing? You know? And then on top of that, you want to go and put this dang scene with the teenagers dancing on tables for boys in it and make that a part of it and make sure that everyone knows it's a homage to Britney Spears toxic. Like, dude, there's just, there was a lot of problems. I have the film. It's by no means a good film. I will say I think it was a little bit better than what the review said in terms of this is the worst Marvel film I've ever seen. It's not, but it's definitely probably top seven worst Marvel film I've ever seen for damn sure. Maybe even top five worst Marvel film I've ever seen. It wasn't wasn't great. I would say it was very average, maybe even a little bit below average overall. You know, If you're going to ask me for a grading, I would probably give it a C or a C minus, somewhere right around there. Because like I said, the storyline was really cool and the buildup was cool, but just... There's a lot of shit in the last 20 minutes really kind of fucking ruined it uh, for in, in a lot of different ways. So those are my takeaways on it, man. What about you? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean, starting from the beginning, I thought actually, you know, I, I thought just like you said, I thought the writing storyline was actually really creative. I mean, you had those Peruvian natives that uh, kind of came down from the jungle and had like the spider-like and I thought it was very... Um, full circle and that was a very kind of wholehearted moment where you found out the mother was trying to fix uh the genetic defect of cassie and that's why she was there and then ran into ezekiel i thought the spider suit i actually liked it i thought it was really cool the one ezekiel had Uh, i even enjoyed the whole aspect of it was kind of more like a like a horror movie style in a way with kind of how they jumped around. But um, just starting off here, just like you were saying, the minute I saw the whole Britney Spears scene, like, why did you need that at all? Like, you had so many other things you could put in there. You could have just cut that out just to save time and efficiency at that point. Like, just cut the whole thing out. Just leave him sitting at the diner, and then he shows up. Like, but you even go an extra step to make sure it's playing in the taxi cab and announced by the character that plays the radio host. What were you thinking? Like, I don't even know how that got off the editing floor. And they were like, oh, no, we need that in there. Like, when they're cutting these around, like, who's the guy that was like, oh, no, make sure you're not cutting that out. We got to make sure. Let's even take it a step further to make sure it's full circle with Cassie, too, so that the radio host announces it. Like, what were you thinking? Uh, I thought it was very unique with Cassie's visions. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I enjoyed like kind of how you started to see it with O'Neill, but like the stuff with like the car at the beginning, like what the hell was that about? Like when, like, I mean, whatever, I'll buy it, but you know, she has all the visions and then just wakes up with Ben there. Um, then you're, you know, it was pretty, I would say it was pretty flowing. Okay. 
all the way up until like the last 20 minutes. I think some of the pacing was off. I definitely don't understand how she flew all the way over to Peru when they announced on the radio that she's being accused of kidnapping, which is interesting too, because you never really saw any cops around her very often. So I found that very interesting too. Like she's trying to get the girls away from Ezekiel and fight Ezekiel. But even when all the explosions and stuff happens and she's given CPR, why wasn't she being accused of being arrested? First of all, that's another thing there. I don't know. I just let it go. Like, like so what? You're like, you're blind, but you're not going to be accused of kidnapping. I guess they just assume because now she had a defect at this point. She wasn't going to be charged with a kidnapping. I'll let it go. Um, but <laughs> the whole scene in the warehouse was almost to the point like I, I thought it was interesting how they got there but the whole point of getting to the warehouse and in the warehouse was almost obscene you drive a car uh like dominic toretto through a calvin klein tower and in order to hit him she timed it perfect with her vision so he would jump into the car um, i thought the defibrillator aspect was very cool and creative on how they got him off but then, like, every time you're catching up to yourself and you do something really creative and cool that makes sense with the story, then you go defeat yourself again. They go in there and, okay, you know, you're you're creating a diversion with flares, but the flare blew up the entire brick wall. I thought it was supposed to create a diversion. And then, even though it blew up, blew up a brick wall, you can use a metal piece of stratinol as a shield. I can even buy that. Then you have Ezekiel with his spidey powers shoots the flare into a million dollar helicopter. So a helicopter can't withstand a flare slash firework. I can even buy that. What I cannot buy is splitting your soul into three at the climax of the movie to save three girls. And one of the three girls before that saves herself with spidey powers even though she's never been bitten by spiders and i can even buy to the point of she falls into the river or ocean below and the flare hits her in the eye i guess she had a spinal injury and that's how she ended up handicapped i can even buy that and at the end, you see them in their spidey suits. I can even buy, hey, maybe it was just temporary. But then you sell this thing that it's, it's some Spider-Man movie and we were going to have some big reveal at the end and like the spider suits against Ezekiel. And in the end, Ezekiel was killed by the Pepsi sign. And all we got was about a, a two-minute homage to your spidey suits in the future where we're wondering... Okay, well then, how is Cassie not handicapped, even though you just sold this whole, like, her new suit was basically her with Oakley sunglasses in a wheelchair, which I would have been cool with. Sure, that's fine. It was just very sloppy. It was a sloppy mess, and um, it, it's like every time I really liked something, then they just shot themselves in the foot again. But just like you said, it's not the worst I've seen. It's definitely not the worst. Definitely not the best. Uh, I would give it an average rating, a C rating, just like we were talking about. So I'll go and get your thoughts on that in just a second. But 
it just makes me keep thinking like as an it's pathetic as audiences were expected to appreciate something that's put out like this you have all this time to put out a movie like this this is not acceptable quality in my opinion but uh what's your thoughts what would you give it on a grade yeah i already said i'd give it probably a c or a c minus so i'm gonna stick with that it just there's been worse films but this wasn't good and it was really funny this is just a little behind the scenes of of, uh, chase and i's life remember going to go see it but Chase had just gotten off his day job, and he's like, "Hey, man, let's go early so we can pay full price for a movie like this." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, dude, sounds good. Let's get let's get there quick and early, bro." So, hundred hundred percent, man. I, it, it was, um, yeah, it was that left a lot to be desired from a Spider Man spinoff for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, with that, uh, what debates do you have for the day, Jay Nelly? My only debate is: Do we think Ezekiel's actually dead? And the reason I say that is because we always say not until you see the body. And we did see a body there, but there was no, you know, taking it away or carting it away. It just kind of lied there. So do we think that there is a chance that Ezekiel's actually was able to survive that? Because in his own vision, when he was having that dream, his hair was a lot grayer as, as if he was stressed out so much that his hair was going full gray. And we hadn't seen, we haven't seen the, three teenage girls in their spider suits yet. So do we think there's a possibility that his vision still comes to pass and he's not actually dead and somehow finds a way out of the underneath the S of the Pepsi? Cause he is a spider with extraordinary strength and power. So it's not uh, absurd to think he may have survived. And if anything, that's without at least help me stomach what I saw on there. If it ends up continuing on and his story is not done. So I guess my debate is like, do you think it's possible that Ezekiel could still be alive? Yeah, I would say it is. I mean, we never say someone's dead until we truly see the body. There was no funeral scene. And just like you said, I think with Spidey powers, he very well could. He was, you know, punching flares into helicopters. Uh, He was doing some very, uh, I mean, crazy stuff. (laughs) I mean, he was getting thrown off ambulances and like it didn't affect him at all. So I don't think it's not plausible to think a Pepsi sign makes him fall 16 stories off a tower and he's not okay. I mean, you never know. Maybe he's like recovering. Um, <laughs> I mean, it would be interesting to see I what I would like to see from him if he is still alive, him to be more of a threatening villain, to make more of an impact that's threatening. Uh because in this i get it it's growing and it's building but in the end it was all about him like kidnapping three girls and first i would like to see him to be more tactical because being nitpicky here i mean multiple times he was just like killing people to kill people he took out every single one of those cops in the train station for no reason, you know, <laughs> and I can even understand like when he was with Cassie's mom and shot everybody because he didn't want there to be any witnesses. But I don't know, like even some of the villains we've seen, like they're more tactical than that. But yeah, I mean, I, I can see him not 
being dead. I could see them using him in the future if this goes anywhere. I mean, it depends if it survives. <laughs> but, yeah, your thoughts. I would say I hope that's the case, that he did survive and we see something. Because you're right, he didn't have much much a tactical awareness at all. It seemed that he just was, okay, there they are. I'm going to go full steam ahead every single time. Didn't start to think about it. There was no real intelligence behind his actions and motives it's just oh they're there okay i'm gonna show up there and just fucking take him out and there was yeah there was really no thought process behind it so if he does survive that'd be cool to see the only thing that makes me think that he may actually be dead is the fact that in his initial vision how did he die he fell off a really high story and smashed on the ground well, guess what? That's exactly what happened to him in the suit there at the end of Madame Web. He fell off a really high uh, crane balcony stuff and smashed on the ground. And then on top of that, the the S crushed him. So, you know, if that's how he died in the, his vision is him falling off of the building and go, smashing into the ground below. I guess technically that is kind of how he died in, in Madame Web too. So it is very possible and he could be dead, and that's the only argument that I can have for him potentially actually being gone is that he died almost the same exact way that he thought in his vision, just in a different setting. So who knows? But I hope that they they keep him around. I hope that somehow he survives, and that's how the, the girls are able to get into their spider suit and finally take him out or whatever. But uh, I could also see it being very easily that that is actually how he goes, goes out, just simply because it's the same exact way he saw himself dying, just in a different setting. Yeah, um, for my debate for the day is, one, do you see this storyline even going anywhere <laughs> after all the feedback it's got? And if it does, how can they make it better with the three girls and how they play a role with Cassie Webb? And you know how this has been um, the what we have heard in here is they were trying to tie this in to the marvel world of course they had like a lot of reshoots and stuff so we won't really go into that but is there a way they could tie something like this into the overall marvel universe now that you have you know tom holland trying to cross over with venom and all this stuff like that is there a way or do you think this is going to kind of stay on its own does it even go anywhere after kind of the overall feedback we've heard from people. I can't answer that. I don't know if what, I don't even know how I feel about it. Like I said, there was good parts of the film and there was parts that were really silly and absolutely needed some help. So the one thing I will say that leads me to believe it could move on further from this and, and integrate into the other parts of Marvel with other characters is that, you know, I know you say we're going to get into it, but just to touch on it quickly and lightly, there were rumors that there was some scenes shot with uh, Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield that they had to remove once they realized it didn't line up with the timeline because of, I think it was, what, 2003 in New York when this was all going on? When it, so my, my thing is, is that the way I see it going forward, if it does, is more so like tying in with the, the, our tried and true spider-man that everyone loves to see and, and maybe eventually we get that little crossover and that's what kind of carries it on and continues so you know that yeah if there's a way for it to move forward into marvel i think that's the way 
the whole crossover between the Spider-Mans that people actually enjoyed talking about like, like, you know, no way home and far from home and, you know, whatever, you know, that all those ones there with Tom Holland in it. And even, you know, obviously I think time is the greatest healer of all wounds. It seems people are even more excited about Andrew Garfield than they were when his first films were out because I remember people didn't really care for those too much, but now it's all the rage again, kind of same sort of deal with, Hayden Christensen in, in his role as Anakin Skywalker. It's really funny how people change their tune after after years. So my point being, if there's a way to do it, it's probably going to be a crossover into the the Spider-Man and the, those Spider-Men specifically, the Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland ones, and maybe they make their way into the multiverse, Madam Web and the three Spider-Women. Somehow it goes into that. So yeah, first answer your first question again. I don't know if it goes anywhere because the re- the response was overwhelmingly negative to this film. But if it does, it's going to have to go in by way of the Spider-Man that people actually enjoy and want to go see. The Spider-Man that became number what seven overall time in the box office. That's how you get it to move forward. Yeah, it was. Uh, and if you watch the film, it kind of does seem like clunky like maybe some scenes were spliced it almost makes you think like that whole battle scene there was a lot more climax had a lot more climax to it versus him just falling off the pepsi tower and maybe it was originally like andrew or tom like knocked him off the tower or together or something and they needed him last minute to save it and instead they decided to go with what they went with <laughs> but it's uh yeah i mean you could definitely see it was very choppy I don't know if it goes anywhere. I think to make it better, what they could do is, I don't know if you bring him in as a villain, like a side villain or not at some point with like a crossover. But I think what would be cool is maybe if Tom or Andrew found like the girls that way or something, if he gets in a bind, but then it's hard to say because it's like, I feel like, there are three teenage girls. I think Andrew Garfield can handle his own before getting help from three teenage girls or Tom. <laughs> so, but I don't know, man, that's, it's a really tough question because honestly stuff like this, I really hate to see fail. Uh, I really do, but it was just so all over the place that the storyline was very interesting and creative, but you can't shoot yourself in the foot so many times without having to amputate your foot. So <laughs> we'll see what happens, you know, but with that, you have any closing thoughts? Yeah. Just the only sentence that I was going to say is that the thoughts and the plan was there, but the execution was awful. That that's pretty much what it comes down to. They had a good storyline. They had a good idea, but the execution was kind of what fell short. But anyways, yeah, in terms of closing us on up to here today, guys, if this is the first time that you've tuned into us, we really hope you enjoy what you've heard. If you've been with us since the very beginning, thank you for continuously being the shields that guard the realms of fantasy. If you want to find out where we are, we're everywhere online. We're on Instagram at official ridiculous Patronus. We're on TikTok at ridiculous Patronus. We got a backup Instagram at fact underscore or underscore fantasy. A backup TikTok at fact underscore or underscore fantasy. We've got a Facebook fan page, Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. We're on YouTube, Ridiculous Patronus. We're on Snapchat, RP Factor Fantasy. We're on Twitter, RP Factor Fantasy. And we do have our own website, RidiculousPatronus.blogspot.com. So please click like, subscribe, 
follow along, leave written reviews, leave star ratings. All of the audience engagement really helps us out here on the show. So please continue to do so. And then in terms of finding the podcast itself, if you're an Apple user, we are on Apple Podcast. If you're an Android user, we're on Google Play, we're on Spotify, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on Amazon Music, we're on Audible, Stitcher, Acast, our host site, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts, Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy are there. But we are out for the day because this has been another ridiculous production. Chase and Josh. Factor Fantasy. Signing off. off.